Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFigures, and I have five highlights for you today. And we'll start with number one, weather apps. If you've been paying attention to the news or looking at the air quality index lately, you'd know that a lot is going on right now. Fires, storms, droughts, they're all forcing us to be just a little bit more aware of what's going on with the weather. What does that mean in terms of apps? Easy. It means more money. According to the Mobile Revenue Index, revenue in the weather category in the U.S. App Store has crossed 800 for the first time. That's huge. As of right now, the index stands at 848 and 44, which means that the category has grown more than 8x, 8 times since 2018. The index has nearly doubled year-over-year year, twice already, going from 235 to 422 in 2020, and then more than doubling again in 2021 to what it is now. The category is led by the Weather Channel, and it's actually one of the smallest categories in terms of apps in the App Store. And Apple owns two of those apps, which means that competing isn't exactly going to be easy, but with such growth for the one thing that matters, revenue, this category is going to become a lot more lucrative in the coming months. Next up is TikTok. Not exactly. Well, so we published the monthly report of the most downloaded apps in July, and it comes with a tiny surprise. TikTok wasn't the most downloaded app. Rival Instagram took its crown after a really strong rally on Android that culminated in more than 48 million downloads just from Google Play. It ended the month of July with 59 million downloads, leaving second place for TikTok, which saw 53 million downloads, according to our estimates. Facebook, WhatsApp, and Snapchat round off the top five most downloaded apps overall in the month of July. And together, the top 10 most downloaded apps recorded 360 million downloads app. Together, the top 10 most downloaded apps recorded 361 million downloads globally and across stores, according to our app intelligence. I have a full report on this, which goes into revenue and a little bit more analysis, so you can see who's new and what's changed. If you care about this, check out the show notes for the link to it, or head on to appfigures.com resources where you'll find all of this. Next up is Square, but before we talk about Square, just one tiny note. This week, I'm not entirely sure why, but I had the pleasure of hearing from a bunch of people who either listen to this podcast or read the newsletter, and they all had really positive feedback. So, uh, thank you for letting me know that you love the you love the newsletter and you love the you love the podcast. Um, and if you haven't told me yet, and you want to tell me, please do. My email is pretty easy to get, and it's also in the show notes, or at least some way to get in touch with me is in the show notes. Okay, back to Square. So, buy now, pay later services have been kind of a serious have seen kind of a serious growth. Okay, back to Square. Buy now, pay later services have seen a serious boom in the last few years. A combination of more time to shop and easier online shopping tools is leading many to find ways to spend more money that they don't necessarily have. Square wants to join the wave, ride the wave, join the race. And they're doing that by acquiring Afterpay, an Australian company that does just that. I've looked at the buy now, pay later market before when Klarna announced a big raise back in 2020. So this announcement was really a good time for me to take a look again and see how the market has changed since. Klarna, Affirm, and Afterpay really lead the way in this industry. Affirm used to be the go-to solution back in the day, but Klarna took over in 2019 and really hadn't looked back since. Afterpay had its growth sprout in early 2020 and has overtaken Affirm, and as of last week, 
has also overtaken Klarna in downloads. In 2020, the three recorded a combined total of 13 million downloads. Klarna led the way with 6.4 million, followed by Afterpay with 4.2, and the rest went to Affirm, according to our estimates. While Klarna's growth continues in a fairly stable fashion, both Afterpay and Affirm are already seeing more downloads in 2021, which is nowhere near done, than in all of 2020. So I expect massive growth for Afterpay, the company that Square bought, both because Square bought them. So there's going to be more innovation, there's going to be more advertising, and there's going to be uh, more integrations with really any device that has Square at this point. But it's also been going in that direction anyway, so that's doubly as fast. Now, thinking out loud, is this kind of borrowing actually good overall? Um, the adoption of buy now, pay later seems to be rising because of COVID, because people want more things, because it's so easy, and the money that goes into it is slowly ballooning. And while installments can make the difference between buying something you really need right now versus having to wait, it could also lead to overspending. Now, I'm not talking about this from a financial standpoint. I'm thinking about this more from the standpoint of if there is this opportunity for overspending, you can bet you regulators are not going to be happy about this. And they're going to try and think, how do we stop this or how do we slow this down? And because this is really just app-based, this entire thing starts from an app. It's more likely that you'll see this happening in-app than any other way. I bet you this battle is going to be fought really in our market on mobile. So that's something to look at and something to see if it will curb the growth of this industry or really won't affect it, or maybe it's big enough that it doesn't really matter. All good things to think about. All right, moving on. If I'd ask you to name a company that can give you a ride, deliver food to your door, and rent you an electric scooter, what name will they give me? Well, the one I'm going to talk about is not Uber, but it does check all the boxes. Bolt is a European company that offers all of the above, and last week it announced that it raised $713 million, 600 million euros for those of you doing the conversion. And that's massive. Now, it's not exactly how they said it, but they really want to compete with Uber. I think that's pretty obvious. But is Bolt actually worth it? So I had a look at our app intelligence, and I wanted to look at their growth over time to see if there's anything interesting there and if it mimics the growth of Uber. Since 2017, Bolt's downloads grow more than 44x. That's right, 44x, 44 times. In numbers, it looks like about... 12,000 downloads in the beginning, so all the way back to 2017. And now they are averaging a half a million downloads every week. And the downloads are coming from pretty much all over the place. South Africa leads the way. Ghana is right behind it. The Ukraine is there. The UK is there. Poland is there. Mexico is there. Um, and the list is really, really long. And the only two countries where Uber is really competitive are Poland and Mexico. The rest are really owned by Bolt. So in that sense, yeah, Bolt is definitely interesting, definitely worth it. And I can see why anyone would want to invest in it, that sum of money. Now, in 2019, Bolt introduced its food delivery service. Much like Uber Eats, Bolt Food connects hungry folks and restaurants via delivery people. While the numbers aren't as massive as the ride app, Bolt Food is also experiencing great growth right now. Downloads started slow, with the app averaging about 5,000 downloads a week in 2019. But lockdowns in 2020 really pushed demand for it. And anyone who would deliver food to your door was probably getting a download. And so the app saw a 10x increase in downloads. It didn't really last all that long because that was kind of just a period. And we saw the same thing with Uber Eats. Um, but after that, it continued to grow at a healthy pace. 
Bolt Food started 2021 with around 42,000 weekly downloads and has now reached more than 80,000 downloads, twice as many and with no obvious reason to stop growing because it doesn't look like it's spiking in any way. It just looks like continuous growth. And that's really good. So should Uber be concerned? I think so. More than 60% of downloads for Uber Eats come from outside the US. And as we've seen in the US, food delivery is on the rise and competitors aren't really afraid to take a financial hit as long as they get more traction. This raise makes it easier for Bolt to also take that hit and offer subsidized deliveries and offer coupons and everything else that will get users to use its app. And that's really in Europe. Maybe it will even get to the US. So definitely reason for concern and something to keep an eye on. Last for this week is Disney+. Plus. July was a busy month for Disney+. Plus. It opened with Black Widow, which had fans waiting to see since 2004. And it ended with The Rock's attempt to take on the Mummy franchise. That's my opinion, but that's what I think it is. Um, and there was a lawsuit sprinkled somewhere in the middle. But was it all worth it? According to our estimates, Disney Plus added $49 million of net revenue to its bottom line from the U.S. alone in July, the biggest month of revenue in the app's history, and a 29% increase over June. That also led it to catch up to HBO Max in our monthly rankings, which I mentioned before, by revenue for the month. And so, yeah, I think it was worth it. But back to that lawsuit for a minute, because there's something interesting there. Scarlett Johansson, who played Black Widow, is suing Disney for taking a hit on box office revenue by streaming it on Disney Plus at the same time. That lost Scarlett, who's getting um, paid by a percentage of box office revenue, a considerable amount of change according to her lawsuit. Zooming out a bit, this puts an interesting spin on the streaming grace and the costs associated with getting traction. I've shared my thoughts on the importance of getting on as many devices as early as possible because eventually viewers will consolidate and will have one or two or maybe a small number of apps that they use ongoing and actually pay for on a monthly basis. And it looks like Disney understands this and that's why they took this maybe risk, maybe calculated risk and going both, both ways. Now, I don't know if Scarlett's going to win this case, but I'm pretty sure that whatever happens, there are a lot of lawyers busy right now making sure the actors that they represent or work with are going to get their fair share of streaming revenue, which kind of makes streaming more mainstream in that sense or more business-like in that sense. But I think it also means that it's going to cost more now because if Disney was not losing money, only losing the money from box offices... Uh, now they're also going to be paying actors a little bit more so it can be streamed. So this race is becoming a lot more costly now, and I can only guarantee that it will become more costly over time. I, I think that's kind of natural and normal, but just like everything else, it has to reach some sort of a balance. And on that happy note, I will say happy Friday. That was it for me. If you liked anything that I mentioned here, uh, please tell your friends. Make sure that they subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to get insights on other apps and games for yourself so you can be more competitive in the App Store, head on to appfigures.com slash intelligence to get it for yourself. That's it for me. Talk to you next week.